0: Now on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions.
1: Hey, Steve and Justin, this is Pete Holmes from the Greensboro, North Carolina area. Love your show. I've been uh, holding on to CVS for quite some time. I believe the fair value for this is close to the ninety range.
0: And provides unbiased answers.
2: I think it's closer to the about one hundred ten to one hundred twenty dollar range, as far as the fair value.
0: Invest Talk. Over 31 million downloads and counting.
1: Hello, this is Georgia from Illinois. I have two stocks, Boeing and Ford, whose dividends have been suspended.
0: Your participation makes it unique.
3: 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial, independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
2: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. I just lost power to my screen. That's just great. Welcome to a. Uh, come on, there you go. Come on, give me the power. It's Friday, everybody, and I appreciate you being with me. And uh as soon as I get this working again, I will be able to finish so there we go, finally. Oh <laughs> so I'm sorry everybody uh technical difficulties. How come it always happens right when we go live? I mean I have it here sitting waiting to go live, soon as it happens, the power of one of my screens goes out. Don't ask me why that happens. It just does. It is Friday, May 21st, 2021, and I appreciate you being with me and we state our mission statement every day, and it's always about independent thinking and shared success. And we do that because, you know, I want you to f- understand that I'm going provide to provide you with the facts as I know them. I have software here. I have lots of software I pull up, and I, I can give you the the numbers for the companies. You heard me do this over and over and over again. But I assure you, just and I try to get be as honest as we can with with our audience and with our clients. I mean, I mean, if we make a mistake, we make a mistake. But we try to be straight and honest. And that's, that's our job. And we will do it. I'm Steve Peasley. And, of course, I encourage you to call me. This is, this is a call-in show. You drive the show. You take it wherever you want it to go. As long as it's financial, it's okay. So, if you call right now, we're live we're live 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. But you don't have to call during our live program to leave your questions. You can call any time you want, 25 hours a day, 7 days a week. It's the same number, 888-99-CHART. And so I want to get right to the questions. I don't want to take too much of your time, so let's go ahead and go to the first question.
4: Hello, Seaver Justin. This is Drew calling from Riverside, California. Big fan of the show, been listening a few years now. My question today is about Ashford Hospitality Trust, ticker Alpha Hotel Tango. My reason for buying the stock uh, about six months ago was for a high-risk, high-reward potential reopening play. However, six months have gone by, and it really hasn't benefited at all from the reopen. I was just wondering your thoughts on whether or not the stock is at high risk of going bankrupt or not. Given that I have a very low price point of two dollars and fifty nine cents, I figure if it could just recover to the eight to twelve dollar range, I'd make a huge return. So before I ramble too much here, what are the odds of this company going bankrupt?
2: Thank you. Okay, this is a REIT, real estate investment trust that invests in hotel properties, mezzanine loans, first trustee loan mortgages, finance, and sell lease back lease backs. Uh, it's going to lose forty-one cents a share this year, but it will make seventy-three cents a share next year. Sales have been crushed for this company, and that's what it, that's been the problem. But it looks like sales are starting to recover here in the most recent quarter. Um, I say that because sales grew uh, to one hundred fifteen million when it was. Uh, uh, 90 million the quarter before, 93 million the quarter before, and 43 million the quarter before that. But a year ago, it was 281 million, and now it's going to be the this year same year same quarter this year it's 115. So that's why it's down like 50, 60 percent from sales from a year ago. But it's now increasing. So I think we're okay there. Um, we really need to take a really close look at the debt. Well, you know, there's a there's a major negative cash flow coming out of here, four, negative four dollars and thirty seven cents. So I think we might have a too much debt on the books, and that's what's probably holding it back. Without, I cannot tell you just looking at the screens I have whether it's going to go bankrupt or not. I can't tell you that because I need to get into the how much debt, uh, what kind of debt. And how come it's uh, such a high negative cash flow? And that takes time, and I don't have that. So it is possible, but I can tell you the sales are recovering. Okay? I can say tell that. My focus point today, concerns a story. The big banks say they, will off, they were going to offer credit. In other words, they're going to give credit cards for people without credit scores. Is this a good idea? How will it work? So we'll talk about that. J.P. Morgan, Chase, Wells Fargo, U.S. Bank Corp. All three said that that's what they're going to do. We'll see. My trivia question today centers on net worth. Net worth. Do you ever wonder how your net worth shapes up compared to those folks in your part of the country? So we'll do that at halfway mark of the show. Since it is Friday um since it's, it's friday usually we go over the stats uh you know, we go over the numbers that we have uh and i go over the you know, the weekly numbers some certain stats and i always talk about the premium newsletter on friday that i send it out every friday so we'll be doing that today so how did the market do today the market was mixed the dow was up 124 points but the Nasdaq was down sixty five points and the SP five hundred were down was down three. So it was a mixed day. You can tell if you're paying attention over the last month, two months, that tech stocks are the weaker part. And I am in the newsletter today I put in there what the from the top to the bottom for all three major indexes and who fell how much. And tech fell twice as much as the S&P and the Dow, from top to bottom. So there's where our weakness is, right there. We're headed into a quick break, everybody. It is Friday, and the program is filled with extras today. So I still want to fit you in in any questions you want to ask, as long as they're financial. So call me, 888-99-CHART.
0: We've already passed the halfway point of the second quarter. The market is constantly changing, and you've got to be ready to react. You'll have questions, Steve and Justin have answers. So listen live or download the free Invest Talk podcasts. The Invest Talk Anytime listener line never closes. 888 99 Chart.
1: Hello, Steve and Justin. This is Aaron from Virginia, big fan of the show. I recently listened to the Call the Question show, and an HSA question had me thinking. I was wondering, let's say if you spend your HSA contributions at 65 on an IRS-approved expense. You report them on your tax return, and you're now done. That's free and clear, and you're now in a new tax year. Let's say you purchase medical equipment that is returnable, like a wheelchair or something. Since you've already filed your taxes, What happens if you were to return that medical expense and get that cash back? Is the IRS going to be tracking something like that? Because you did get that tax-free contribution, you spent it on a medical expense, but you returned it and you now got that money back. Is that something that you can do to backdoor your way into uh, getting your HSA contributions without really having to spend it on medical expense? Uh, Just something I was wondering and if people have thought of that and if it's something that's actually feasible. Thank you. If there's an answer for that, I'd appreciate it.
2: Okay, I will say this. Uh, first of all, I don't know. Second of all, I doubt that the IRS would track that kind of thing. But I'll tell you, if you do that kind of thing uh, to avoid paying taxes or a penalty or do something wrong and they find out, that would be fraud. So don't do anything like that. But you know, if that actually happened, where you paid for something with HSA and after, and you took in, you know, that 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 uh, that benefit in that year, the following year you take back that equipment. I don't know how they would ever track that. I, I don't see how they would or could. But again, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. That's not my expertise. It really isn't. Let's go to Sid in Canada. How you doing, Sid?
4: Hi Steve. Good evening.
2: Happy Friday. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for the call.
4: Thank you for calling. Yeah, I have a question for Qcom. Uh, Mm -hmm. I just looked at a few details and looks like it's uh, one of the long-term stock that we should be having in the portfolio. And I would definitely like to get into it at the right time. But before I do that, if you have any feedback or suggestions, I will consider
2: that that I don't have any blind spot. Thank okay, you. this is Qualcomm, Inc., everybody. Q-C-O-M is a symbol. Design CDMA, it's, uh, OFDMA-based ICSs and system software using wireless handsets, modem cards, and networks. And I actually remember when they first came out, which is uh, way back in the 90s, and when they first started as a company, they had this new technology that would allow cell phones to to uh, uh, you know, the, the spectrum to be cut in many different slices so that more and more phone calls can be made with less and less spectrum. And uh, it was a breakthrough, and Qualcomm just took off. And they still have that technology. They still have the patents that are still used today, and they, they make chips for those things. So Qualcomm is one of your big blue chip stocks, $148 billion. They're going to make $7.79 this year. That's 77% higher than last year. Next year, it's going to be another 10% growth, $8.57. It's a $131 stock. So um, we're talking about a what? A 17, 18 PE. The return on equity is huge at 92%. That's just huge. Uh, good cash flow. They have some debt. But nothing to worry about. Pays a 2.1% dividend. Sales growth was 52% last quarter. The quarter before that was 62%. The quarter before that was 73% growth. This is sales growth. So um, it's it's been growing. Now, the question is, it's also been moving up. Is it too late? I mean, has it already made its run? And I'm going to say it got up to about hundred and eighty seven dollars as as at its high and it's 131 it came back down and now it's basing it's basing right around 125 to 130. so i think this is if you want to get into walcom this might be a good time to do it this might be a good time to do it because the fundamentals of this company are very strong okay appreciate the call qualcomm q-c-o-m my focus point, okay. All you know, we're gonna get to it. I don't know. Uh, do we have callers, or do we want to go right to a focus point? I don't mind either way. Okay, let's go to a caller, live caller. Let's go to Joe in the Bay Area. How you doing, Joe? Hey, uh,
4: thanks for taking my call. I'm doing pretty good. Got Thank a question about electric vehicles. Uh-huh. Hey. Yes. Yeah. So last year, I got a group of my buddies. Uh, we went. to, all went to college together, you know. We we talked stocks and stuff, and these guys were all long, uh, a lot of EV names like Tesla and Neo. And uh, I took a kind of a contrarian approach with uh, investing in the company Magna International, ticker MGA. Um, picked up a position uh, last uh, summer, has done pretty good, and um, you know, uh, I mean, I. I'm uh, I'm short Tesla now, and uh, a lot of my buddies are like I'm kind of getting the last laugh. But with MGA, you know, I want to know your kind of your okay. uh, your opinion on the company and uh, how you think the uh, that this is going to go moving forward.
2: Okay, and Joe, there's nothing wrong with taking your own path. Many times, the big smart people do take their own path. So don't uh, don't necessarily follow the herd of your friends. It's, you you know, it's okay, and. Not that what they picked is wrong either. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's okay to follow your own path. Magna International uh, is a automotive system, assemblies, modules, components, complete vehicles for automotive OEMs, $29 billion company. Uh, it's a $97 stock, going to make $9.24. So, that, you know, it's only, you know, that's just 11 PE. So it's not insanely priced. I think you stick with it. I, I like I like it. I would stay with it. This is InvestTalk. I'm Steve Peasley. So why are we here today? Why am I doing this podcast? Well, I know you need information and strategies and that's why. We like doing it. I want to do it. Okay. So give me a call. Ask your questions. We're headed into a break and Invest Talk anytime. Listener line is open. 888-99-CHART.
0: When you tell your friends and family members about the free Invest Talk podcast downloads, let them know they can choose an episode that covers their topic of interest. Download free anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or investtalk.com.
2: Okay, banks are going to offer credit cards to people without credit scores. Now, first brush, blush when I read that, uh, that top line, to go, oh, man. That sounds like a disaster to me in the making down the road. Cause how much money are you gonna lend pe- lend to people who don't have credit card sc- credit scores? And what do you mean they don't have credit scores? Because you can lend money to people that'll never pay you back? Or maybe you have people that have credit scores that just never use credit, but are perfectly normal and have, you know, a job and can make payments and what they just never tried it. So those that's what, when I read into the article, they kind of hint that that's the type of person they're after. Not just any Tom, Dick, and Harry out there that has no credit score because he's a terrible, you know, he doesn't have a job and never worked a day in his life, and here he's 40 years old and wants a credit card. That, you know, so, that, you know, remember remember what, what what all the financial crises we've had over the over last, I don't know how many years since I've been doing this, all the financial crises have come from bad loans. You now, I remember the 1974 uh, mortgage crisis. That was because of arms, adjustable rate mortgages. And uh, those loans turned bad because people didn't realize how much their payments could go up when they adjust arms back then when they first came out with them. Uh, the, the 2008 financial crisis. People couldn't pay their loan mortgages back. It was bad loans. The 2000 the two thousand uh, recession we had was not a financial crisis. That was all about dot-com crisis. But financial crisis, you know, bad loans. So this is why I read things that the bank is loaning anybody and everybody money. They really can't afford to pay it. That worries me because I know that can't last. And that's going to be a recession down the road. So, but this doesn't look like, that's, at least that's what they're saying. Well, we'll see how it actually turns out. But they're saying they're just looking, they're going to give credit cards to those people that are good risks. Let's put it that way. We'll see how true that is over time. We'll certainly will. Okay, let's keep going. Back to InvestTalk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier from North Carolina.
1: Hey, Stephen, Justin, this is Pete Holmes from the Greensboro North Carolina area I love your show I've been uh, holding on to CVS for quite some time. I bought it back around $69 a share. Had a pretty good run up to about 84, 85. I believe the fair value for this is close to the 90 range. At least that's kind of where I feel it would be at. It's getting close to that value. I'm wondering if I should look to get out or take a little bit of profit up the top, and or if I should hold on for a little bit longer here. So, just wanted to know what your thoughts were. Thank you.
2: I think it's closer to the about a hundred ten to hundred twenty dollar range as far as the fair value. The stock is now at eighty nine eighty one as of today. So it had a couple of really this week was really good to this stock, and so you've made a nice little profit. But I think that uh, it's going to make eight dollars and twenty two cents next year, and if you give it a it, the range is seven seven to seventeen PE. So a normal market P for that stock would make it make the stock worth over a hundred bucks a share, and it's at eighty nine. So You might want to follow it up with a tight stop. That way you make sure you lock in your profits. Uh, But, you know, I think it still has a little ways to go. I don't think it's done with its run. The CVS, everybody, CVS Health Corporation, they operate almost 10,000 pharmacies and drugstores in 49 of the 50 states. I wonder what state they don't operate in. Probably either Hawaii or... Alaska. That's usually the last state that gets some of these uh, branches of these big companies. On Fridays, we generally make time to fit in a quick rundown on the key benchmark numbers. The two year treasury, 0.155%. That's the yield. 0.155%. And last week, it was 0.149%. Yield went up a little bit. 10 year treasury, one point six two percent, one point six three two percent, one point six three two percent is one point six three five percent last night last week. So that means the yield curve squeezed a little bit, but it's pretty pretty tiny. I mean, one week means very very little. Gold was at eighteen seventy one per ounce this week. Last week was eighteen forty three. Have you noticed gold's been creeping up and up and up? I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna continue. Uh, I, you know, we, it's all about inflation and the worry about inflation. The Fed thinks that uh, that we're not. That it was just a, a spike our last month, and that it's gonna calm down. I'm not convinced of that, but we'll see. We'll see if that's true. Silver, 27.41 today, 27.43 last week. Okay, oil. Sixty-three, fifty-four per barrel this week last week it's sixty-five, thirty-seven. so some of that some of that and of course here in california we're paying the most four dollars fifteen cents a gallon as usual you ever wonder how your net worth shapes up compared to those folks in your part of the country i'm not talking about your neighborhoods if you have a big expensive home many of your neighbors might as well too they probably do so as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Can you name the U.S. state with the highest and lowest medium net worth, and how many times larger is the net worth of the highest state compared with the lowest? At the break, I'll give you the answer, but for now, my lines are open, 888-99-CHART.
0: This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they describe their services as independent thinking shared success and this philosophy is why kpp financial can be of great value to investors kpp principals steve peasley and justin klein are committed to unbiased guidance they don't upsell clients into expensive and questionable investments instead steve and justin provide honest opinions and proven strategies based on the individual's current portfolio and risk tolerance. Working with KPP Financial, you can be assured of consistent dedication toward the goal of helping you achieve financial freedom. You can get things started with a phone call or a simple message through investtalk.com.
5: Take the next step toward your financial freedom. Contact KPP Financial. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com, that's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com, HackerOne.com. Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a
0: brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the risk risk-alized results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the risk-alized quiz at
2: investtalk.com. 888 chart I did ask a trivia question before the break, as I do every day when I do the show at the half hour point. So here's my question, right? And it's about uh, uh, value, uh, high, household net worth, highest and lowest. Can you name the U.S. states with the highest and lowest medium net worth? And how many times larger is the, the highest from the lowest? How many times? So let me tell you first though, all, the data I'm getting, I'm getting this data from uh, a big, uh, from the big picture snapshot from a financial health and uh, app. Okay, uh, it, it's it's not officials what I'm trying to tell you. So there are there there is an investing and budget app called Personal Capital. It aggregated medium net worth data from its 2.8 million users, and this is what I'm using. So I'm just telling you, it's not official. Okay, so here are the top three states: Washington at 209,847. Alaska, which surprises the heck out of me, $159,098. And then Minnesota, Minnesota, $149,803. These are the top three states value-wise, medium medium net worth. Okay, um, I'm not sure. And by the way, Alaska on the same map is rated as having the highest savings rate for retirement. Retirement savings amount of money. That surprises me too. Okay, the bottom. Arkansas at 36,309, North Dakota. Now that does not surprise me. Arkansas, North Dakota and Louisiana. North Dakota at 30,000, Louisiana at 29,000. The lowest though, the the worst net lowest met, net worth state is Mississippi. $17,337. Mississippi. And the gap, the spread between the highest state and the lowest state is pretty huge. We're talking about Washington State having a median net worth of 12.1 times that of Mississippi. Isn't that interesting? I think it's interesting. Now, I wonder how that stacks up with if someone did an official you know, government-type survey, but we don't have that right. Now, as you can tell, I like to fit in live calls as often as I can, but I still get to the voice bank questions. So let's grab one now from Oregon.
4: Hey, Steve or Justin, this is Dylan checking in from Oregon. I uh, wanted to get your guys' take on Umpqua Holdings, U-M-P-Q is the ticker symbol. I have my HSA with the actual bank and uh, started with a half position in investing with them, and I just wanted to see what you guys thought if I should potentially build on that or maybe get rid of it in the near term. Thank you very much.
2: Okay, this is Umpqua Holdings Corporation, Umpqua, U-M-P-Q is the symbol. Holding company for Umpqua Bank, operating via 265 offices throughout California, Oregon, Nevada, and Washington. Umpqua, I don't think I've ever seen that. U M P Q U A is how you spell the name. Um, it's going to make a dollar seventy-five this year, and dollar sixty-five next year. It's a eighteen dollars eighty-four cent stock, so uh, it's right at nine P/E. Nine. Uh, And the range is seven to twenty-three. So uh, there is negative cash flow, and that worries me. I don't know why there is, but there's not much debt on the books. Sales grew in the most recent quarter by twelve percent. I don't, I don't think I'd get rid of it. I don't think I'd get out of it. It's still a decent, a pretty good darn value. I, I, you know, what I would do? I'd do more research. I would want to know how come it's targeted to jump in earnings this year. But go down a little bit next year in earnings. Why? Okay, it's a it's a 4.1 billion dollar company, uh, so it's in a mid cap area. And uh, looking at a chart, well, it's kind of broken out. It's in an upward trend. As long as it stays in that upward trend, I stay with the stock. Let's go to Noel and Napa. Hi, no How you doing, Noel?
4: Uh, very good, uh, Steve. Uh- Yeah, just a simple question, I think. Uh, uh, I was looking at a a stock today, and the uh, bid-ask size was uh, 100 by 10,000. And um, I'm not used to seeing such a disparity between the two. So that 10,000, would that indicate that there's a lot of buyers, I mean, a lot of sellers sitting there, and that should be... uh, Way overweighted compared to the uh, uh, buyers
2: uh It kind of tells me that there's a um, uh, a a mutual fund or a pension fund dumping shares trying to get out fast but that doesn't necessarily mean the stock is bad sometimes these uh, like pension plans sometimes they just change focus and they want to get rid of certain class of stocks and they change to something else it 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 looks like that sounds like you're looking at the bid ask spread is what he's everybody the bid and ask spread is how you you know if you have a a, a good enough level level two well I'm all good at that but you can see uh, you can see the how how deep and how much people are willing to pay and how many shares they want to buy and how many people and what they want to what they're willing to sell for shares. So that's the bid, ask, spread. Bid and ask, A-S-K, spread. And he's saying there's one side that has 10,000 that they want to t- sell 10,000 shares. The other side is only uh, 1,200 that they're willing to buy. And he said, and you're worried that that might be something that you've got to think about. And I'm saying that not necessarily. There might be some a big Big institution trying to just dump shares as fast as they can, and that will tend to move the price down. But once they're finished selling, the pressure comes off, and you know that that. So what I'm saying to you is that you can't really necessarily worry about that too much. No, you really can't. But you know, I keep I keep we always look at that pretty carefully ourselves, and if we want to be a buyer, we will step back for an hour or two to see if that disappears or it's consistently huge amounts are being sold you know we don't want to be a buyer until they're done anyways thanks for the call question uh, no no it's a very good question by the way the kpp premium newsletter was distributed to subscribers today as i do every friday the first section is called the market condition sections the market is coasting to another down week it is in the midst of a mild correction whether that correction will turn into something more dramatic is yet unknown but it is doubtful that we will fall into a bear market and just to be clear the bear market is w- a bear market is when stock indexes fall 20% or more from their high a correction is a market anything less than 20% okay the parent dovish Behaviors of the Federal Reserve will re, will regard with regard to interest rates and reducing bond buying in the marketplace are the reasons I believe there's going to be only a correction. The Fed has said they're going to keep buying. They're not. They on their minutes that they just released this week. They've talked about it for the first time that they should. And what they talked about is when should they even discuss it? That's what they talked about. When should we discuss that? In other words, remember they're buying huge bonds, right? So they're putting pressure on interest rates downward by doing this, uh, and flooding the economy, uh, flooding the economy with money, and they're keeping the Fed's funds rate way down. So they're being very accommodative. So I can't see it's going into recession, especially with the government president I said mentioned and you know spending more and more and more trillions of dollars in the system. How's that going to result in a recession when you're doing that? Now, it's also going to result in huge debt and also may result in very large re- uh, in- uh, inflation. But I don't see that causing a problem for the market yet. Okay? Then I talked about portfolio management. We have a portfolio management section. I talked about profitability and, uh, and earnings are ultimately the only reasons to invest in a company. How profitable how much money they make why would you buy companies not making money so how do we determine the profitability what metrics do we use matrixes so uh, i talked about the different things you have to look at when you're talking about that uh, the stock ideas i had an etf exchange traded fund uh following the oil industry Yes, gas and consumable fuels, energy equipment, services. Uh, I kind of like that ETF at this point. And I highlighted one of America's largest wireless com- companies. Uh, they've engineered an asset spinoff that is seen as a smart move. We talked about it earlier in the week. You should be easily know what that one is. Um, so, um, the finally in the consumer watch section, I talk about how to protect your privacy. And the first thing I said, one of the best ways is make sure you have a VPN. VPN, virtual private network. It gives you online privacy and uh, you know, it, it keeps you kind of secret in the background. You know, uh, VPNs mask your Internet protocol, your IP's IP address. So your online actions are untraceable. That's what it's for. But a VPN is not a cure-all. It's not. There's other things to do. I mentioned them there. What else you could do? You know, uh, you know, privacy wall. You can build security systems into your computer. That kind of thing. So there's a lot of valuable information. In the KPP Premium Newsletter it comes out each week. It's easy to you for you to subscribe. You can do it directly at InvestTalk.com. And after subscribing, you'll receive the report every the full report every Friday. I'd write it weekly. Okay, let's grab another caller question. This came in earlier from a listener in Illinois.
1: Hello, this is Georgia from Illinois. I have two stocks, Boeing and Ford, whose dividends have been suspended. Uh, Could you talk a little bit on your show about suspended dividends so I have some feel for if I should keep these stocks or not? Thank you. Bye.
2: Okay, yeah. What happens – Dividends are at the mercy of the board of directors of the company that's running that company, okay? So they, you know, they can they can offer a dividend, they can increase a the dividend, they can stop the dividend. When they use the word suspend, they're just using that because of the COVID thing, but they just stopped paying dividend. And they'll start it up again, probably. Um, I would say, I would think, uh, they'll start it up probably later on this year when they get you know when profitability comes back. And for both companies, uh, Ford is going to profitability to be back by the end of the year. They're going to make a dollar one this year, so on a thirteen dollar stock, so they can pay a dividend. Uh, Boeing, are they going to be profitable this year? Uh, no, Boeing's still going to lose money this year. Eighty five cents. Mind you, that they lost twenty three dollars and twenty four cents a share last year. They're going to lose $0.85 a share this year. Next year, they're going to make $5.34. But they're a $234 stock, so their dividend is probably going to be pretty small. I would say Ford would probably be a better bet. But I guarantee you both of them will probably restart their dividends, just when and how much. How much of a dividend will it be? If you're looking to for the dividend and you want to buy dividend stocks, I would move away from both these. I would find a better dividend payer. Anyways. Then look there's a there's a book out there called Dividend Achievers. I think they reprint it every couple of years. It's a great book to look for dividend paying stocks. Dividend Achievers. Okay. I think we can fit one more question before the break. Let's try it.
1: Hello, this is Duncan from New York. You guys continuously do a great job. Quick question. I have a lot of Tesla shares, but I'm thinking about kind of diversifying a little bit more towards Volkswagen. I know that you guys have been kind of covering this topic for a while and um, you guys definitely proved some good points. Two questions. I know that there's a couple of uh, stock pickers for Volkswagen and that too, I think I also heard one of you say that you also own Porsche, which also owns 30% of Volkswagen as well too. Just looking for some insight there. I really appreciate the help and looking forward to the podcast. Bye.
2: I'm not very keen on automobile companies. So if you heard, someone talking positive about automobile companies, it was Justin, it wasn't me. I never liked auto companies. To be perfectly honest, I never liked airline companies either. Now, why? Why? Well, both industries are very dominated by unions. I, I don't like the, the fact that the unions can shut them down. Uh, uh, the airline industry, uh, they don't even have a... The, the product that they sell is seats in their airplanes. And once that plane takes off, those those seats, their inventory of those seats, the inventory is worthless. At least in the car company, if you don't sell the car, you you'll eventually sell it, you could reduce the price, you still have the asset. Um, uh, airline has a lot lot of unions where not there's not so many unions in the auto industry. So the airline industry is something I even like less. One thing about the auto industry I never never liked. They paid dividends. They paid large dividends, and yet they borrow money. They have money. And I, I just understand that. If you, you know, you shouldn't be, I don't, you know, they pay way too much dividends for them. Uh, anyway, there's various reasons I have for not liking them, those those two industries. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here. and It's always the same to help you achieve financial freedom, everybody. We need it. We want it for our retirement. And, you know, freedom to me just means stop doing what you have to do and go do what you want to do. Could be the same thing. You could be working, but at least you want to do it. Call with your questions. 888 99Chart.
3: Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. Yeah, I own GDX, um, and I just wanted to get your opinion on it. What's your question? Eight 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 ninety nine 99 chart
0: Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and InvestTalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. Hi, guys. Big fan of the show. I just want to get your opinion on
4: ticker symbol KMB. It's for the Kimberly-Clark Corporation. Thank you.
2: Kimberly-Clark Corporation manufactures disposable diapers, baby wipes, facial, bathroom tissue, paper towels, it's a $44 billion company. Can you believe that's the size of that industry for those things? Anyways, it's made money. It's always made money. will continue to make money. It's one of those companies that just 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 as solid as can be. Okay. Um, they're paying a 3.4% dividend. And I don't like that they have a lot of debt, and they're still paying 3.4%. Their P.E. ratio is right around 15, 16 going forward. Uh, and it's, it's a boring company, isn't it? You're not going to have a lot of growth. Uh, you're never going to have a lot of growth in this, this company, uh, so you really want to buy it cheap, and it got as high as $160 last August, July, August, and then fell down. It's been, been weakening ever since, and here is 132 uh, It's found a lot of support, about 130 so I think it's about far down as it's going to go, uh, and it'll probably bounce out from here. Kimberly Clark, KMB, everybody, KMB. Lipper Analytics had a report came out, report came out about last week, the 19th, the, ni- the week of the 19th. That's actually this week, 19th from week to week, you know, that 19th for, the, for back to the 12th, 12th to 19th, that week. They had a massive, massive inflow of money into money market funds. 25.34 billion dollars, four times the week before. So, and it was all about it was all about the federal meeting minutes, about you know, a scare that they're actually starting to talk about that they want they all they did was mention that they want to talk about. When do they start cutting back their bond buying? So so they, the Lipper thinks that's was the cause of all that money in coming out of the market. Well, what part of the market did it come out of? The main part that they said it came out of? Growth stocks. Growth stocks. People taking profits on their high flyer tech kind of companies, moving away from them. So I thought that was something that uh, was pretty interesting. And I wanted to share with you. Um, market the Marquette M A R K I T Marquette. Uh, PMI for May, okay, the month we're in. Manufacturing, 61.5. Remember, anything above 50 is expansion. Services, 70.1. All-time high. All-time highs. They're, that, they're predicting that the month of May, we'll get their fish report in June. They're predicting the month of May you're going to have a pretty good spike up in manufacturing and service sector. And I... Don't doubt it. They're pretty good. I, I've, I've been watching them pretty carefully, and I think they're good. They're good at what their predictions are, and they're close to what – I, I kind of like them. I, I like what they do. Existing home sales, 5.85 million. When it was last month, 6.01 million. So it was uh, down. Now, I know Justin mentioned it, and I know I've mentioned it, A lack of inventory is the main problem. And some of that is caused by the lack of needed foreclosures. Foreclosures are not happening. They're being forgiven or suspended or pushed back to whatever reasons. Just not happening. So that tells me there's going to be at some point a buildup and a a number of foreclosures coming out. But we'll see when that happens, won't we? And finally, grocery costs are rising rapidly. Groceries costs are rising rapidly. Food, the CPI food section of the CPI, Consumer Price Index, remember it was what? 4.6% this month overall from 2.4% the month before. Well, the food component of that report is one of the fastest moving costs. I noticed this last night at the grocery store. Uh, Suzanne Suzanne my wife we picked up some ice cream and we noticed see uh, how come the ice cream is yeah a little bit cheaper then we looked at the container they put less ice cream in it it's a smaller container huh that's inflation anyways I'm Steve Peasley and this completes another mess talk program Justin Klein and I thank you for listening and encourage you to call and tell your friends and have them call us and Ask any financial questions they want. So, and you also know that this show, this show will be uh, will be available for download for podcasting right afterwards. You can podcast, download the podcast from iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, investcom You can browse by podcast topics. So, if you want to learn more about, let's say, four hundred one ks or treasury yields or real estate investing, growth stocks. You know, you, know you, can, you, can, you can download by topic. You can choose search. Independent thinking, share success. This is the best talk, everybody. Have a great weekend. Because of the
3: nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities.